Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. for church today. This is a wonderful experience that we get to share together in the presence of the Lord. You know there are Christians that are in prison that are being persecuted, and they don't have the the fellowship of the saints necessarily the way we do. And we are so blessed. We are so very blessed. Amen? Amen. Don't ever take it for granted because the day may come when it may not be available. You know, the devil is ugly. He's got all this LGBTQIA plus mess going around because he's ringing the doorbell telling us that the Antichrist is coming. Well, that's what the scriptures say. The Antichrist has no desire for a woman. Now, what does that tell you about it? So, somebody's trying to herald him in, but I'm not sure they're going to get away with it. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, today's saints, after we are blessed with the pleasure and the privilege of Holy Communion, We're going to pray for all of the instructors and administrators in institutions of learning before we pray for all of our students. So I want you to have your hearts prepared to pray for these people. Amen? Many of them do what they do by legal mandate. Many of them do what they do by under threat of losing their job. Amen? It doesn't necessarily mean they agree with everything that's happening. It means that's how they pay the bills. So they need prayer. Amen? Some of them don't know any better. They follow the trend of the world. Some of them know better, but they just don't care. So however they fall into the picture, we're going to pray for them today. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. See, everyone that claims the name of Christ doesn't have conviction. What does that mean? That means they haven't got enough to stand up for what they say they believe. They're what you call hypocrites. They say one thing and they do whatever the situation they think dictates. They don't stand up for what's right. You know, we used to have this song in the church called uh, Keep on the Firing Line. Be strong, be brave against all evil. Never run nor even lag behind. If you must live for God and the right, then keep on the firing line. And most people don't do that anymore. 
They don't have resolve. They don't have conviction. They don't have courage. They don't have boldness. They go along to get along, as Brother Marshall has told us. They try to blend in with the gray. They're not going to be in the black or in the white, not and not necessarily a reference to race. They're going to try to blend in the gray. Garth Brooks tried that not too long ago. He opened up a bar, and so he just decided, well, I'm just going to serve every beer there is, and we'll just all get along together. Well, he almost lost his business because they showed him that they didn't appreciate that point of view. Really? Really. It's real. It's live. It's action. It's on. You're going. You're not going to get away with this. Um, uh, uh, that's not going to work. You're going to have to pick sides. You're going to have to choose. You're going to have to make a definitive decision on where you stand, and you're going to have to stand for it. You see, Jesus Christ wasn't a wimp, and so you don't get to be one either. He wasn't a wuss, so you don't get to be one either. He didn't flake off, so you don't get to do it either. If you're going to be his, you're going to have to learn to solidly stand for Jesus Christ and his word. So if you're one of these people trying to do what is referred to as straddle the fence, that fence is going to rip you in two. Amen. You may as well get used to it. That fence is going to literally rip you in two. I don't think you're going to be able to survive that. I would strongly urge you to come to a conclusion. See the, for God I live and for God I die, or... Well, Lord, it was nice, but I guess I'm going to hell. There are no two ways about it. You have to pick one, stick with one, and live for one. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. You see, there are some people, they come to church, and they want everybody to think they're a Christian. They go through all the motions. They sing the songs. You know, they give in the offering, and they want you to believe that they're really a Christian. But they still don't have the courage just to witness Jesus Christ to their own flesh and blood relatives. Well, if you can't say it to them, who can you say it to? Amen. Think about that. Give that a good thought while you're vacuuming. That's an excellent time to think about that. Amen. If you can't face your own flesh and blood and say to them the truth of the word of God, who can you say it to? They might get mad at me. Well, they've done that before anyway. They might say things I don't like. They've done that before too. They might not invite me to the to the family dinner. Well, there's still food, plenty of food to be eaten. I suggest you eat. You may be disappointed in them, but Jesus was disappointed with his family too. Don't miss a meal on account of it. Amen? You have to decide whose side you're on, if you're on the Lord's side. 
And either you're going to be on his side no matter what, or you're not. There's none of this flip-flop stuff. No, not one of those nails that went through his body says flip-flop, not. So you're going to have to decide, and you're going to have to stick with it, no matter what it brings. So if you're still in the back of your mind trying to listen to CNN and his brother MSNBC and all of that other mess, you're going to have to grow up. There's no way for you to proceed into the life that is coming if you don't. You can't live life by your flip-flop opinions and emotions. You have to live your life based on the word of God and the character and nature of Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, is this part of the sermon? Well, it seems like it because I haven't stopped talking. I have And no, I didn't write this part down. God is wanting some, some serious commitments from his people, not what Pastor Pat used to call light commitments. You know, worse than that, you know, we used to call them Clairol Christians. Only your Savior knows for sure. We used to call them Brill Cream Christians. A little dab will do you. That's not going to work. It's never worked before, and it's not going to work now. So if you're one of these wishy-washy, life commitments, uh, not sold out to Jesus, as Helen Baylor used to say, then you need to make a, a decision. Is Jesus worth it or is he not? And only you can decide. I will not do it for you, nor can anyone else. I'm not sure about all this. Well, you need to get sure and in a hurry. Amen? The hour of decision is now the minute of decision. You need to make up your mind. Amen? Amen. Well, it's all right as long as they don't fire me off your job. That's not Christianity, darling. Christianity faces the fire and keeps on going. Uh-huh. Yeah, you heard me. You heard me. You're either all in or you're out. There's no sidestepping it. You you know, when the Bible says your body belongs to God and he tells you no fornication is allowed, that's exactly what he said and that's exactly what he meant. And there's no getting around that. You can't tell yourself you're a Christian and not obey God. He says, why call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? In other words, you can't call him Lord if you're not going to let him have the lordship in your life. Lord means he calls the shots, not you. And when he says sneeze, you got it? I think you understand. You might not want to deal with it, but you understand. So now, 
you either understand and do, or you pretend you don't understand and fail. There's this place called outer darkness where those who try to pretend to be Christians end up. I do not recommend it to anyone. Pat Holiday went there, and she didn't like it very well. She was busy crying out to God to get her out of there. Mm-hmm. She tells you that. Yes, it's in the archive. Well, which sermon was it? That's the Holy Spirit. I've cataloged too many of them. Amen? So you're going to have to decide. It does not matter your age. See, I made a decision at age three. So there's no such thing as children don't understand as this is too complicated for them. We've got to wait till they're 12 years old and all of that foolishness. Children can decide if they want to eat mac and cheese or if they don't. And they don't have to wait till they're three to figure it out. And if they can figure that out, they can figure this out too. You see, receiving Jesus Christ isn't like eating mac and cheese. It's a spiritual thing. Either their spirits are open to him or they are not. There you have it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. So now that we got that part straight, let's go on. Good morning to those of you who are listening for the first time. And good afternoon, too, depending on your time zone. Amen. And welcome to Miracle Outreach Ministries on Sunday. I'm Pastor Sabrina. And if you don't believe in female pastors, you need to repent. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I was sent to this planet to be a pastor. So if you don't like it, then you need to discuss it with the one who sent me. All right, we got that straight? Good. Let's go on. So, <laughs> Brother Bill is laughing at you. So, you need to decide at some point that you want Jesus to forgive you. Why? Because you're wrong. That's why. And when you do wrong, When you think wrong, when you believe wrong, when you speak wrong, you're assaulting the kingdom of God. It's an assault. Assault with a deadly weapon quite often, and sometimes that deadly weapon is your mouth. You know, they send you to prison down here for assault with a deadly weapon, don't they? Well, if God sent you to prison every time you assaulted the kingdom of God with a deadly weapon, where would you be? So, we decide, as we're opening the church service, that we're going to repent of whatever we have believed wrong, thought wrong, judged wrong, spoken wrong, behaved wrong, or refused to behave rightly. We're just not going to keep carrying it on. Our consciousness has been pricked because the Holy Spirit gets right on to us. We try to go to sleep, and he says, 
that wasn't right. And then all of a sudden you can hear this scripture that you read or that you heard me say coming back to you. And you go, really? Did I do that? Yes, you did that. So for all of those, yes, Lord, I did that. Or no, Lord, I was supposed to do that, but I didn't do that. Or I had the wrong attitude. Or I didn't want to pay attention in church or whatever it was. We're going to repent right now, aren't we? Good, I'm going to give you a minute to do just that. You may begin. Heavenly Father, because of your Son, Jesus Christ, because of your word, each of us forgives everyone who should be forgiven by us. As we stand and sit before you, before your throne, we, as an act of our will, choose to forgive every situation, every event, every, every person, every happening that ought to be forgiven by us. We forgive ourselves, and we forgive you, Lord. Sometimes we look at a situation, and we don't think you did the right thing. We know we're not right, but we still have an attitude. So we forgive you, too. And we clear the way for proper understanding and truth and light coming to us. We ask you to forgive us and to forgive others who sinned against us. We ask you to have mercy on us. We ask you to correct us. We ask you to bring us more into the right way that we might live daily in righteousness before you. We thank you for your long-suffering and your patience and your sacrifice on our behalf. We thank you for listening to, understanding, and fully realizing every prayer we pray. We thank you for answering the ones that ought to be answered. We thank you for saying no, you ought to say no. We thank you for a better attitude when you do say no. Or when you say, wait. So, Lord, as we enter into this week, we give you praise. We give you thanksgiving for all that you are and who you are to us. We thank you for this special relationship of love. The world thinks it's a religion, but it's not. It's faith in you. It's faith in your word. It's a trusting, loving relationship that Jesus Christ went to the cross so that we could partake in it. So we want to thank you for forgiveness, for freedom, for deliverance, for healing, for grace, for strength, for joy, for peace, and for so much more. We thank you for answered prayer. And we give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor. So, saints, if you have your elements ready, we're ready. Amen? Amen. You know, Lord, there's some of us that have this 
I call them a continuing sin. We repent of our sins every week, but we still have this area where we're not walking in agreement with you. Thank you, Lord. We ask you to break through with your love to us. Your love, Lord, is greater than our opposition. It's greater than our stubbornness. It's greater than our pride. It's greater than our rebellion. So we thank you for our breakthrough because we are sometimes very weak, but in you we are mighty and strong. We thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Church, say thank you to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Love of God, come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as often as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Partake of the cup. Woo. You just drank the whole New Testament. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, 
not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Here's your time to be healed, saints. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Amen? Amen. Glory to you. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, for thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. Hmm. We thank you that you are never too busy for us, Lord. You are indeed our refuge. You are our shelter and protection from danger and difficulty. You are our strength. You, Lord, are over are our very present help in times of busyness and trouble. Busyness? Yes. Busyness and trouble. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ reminds us to come unto him when we labor and feel overburdened because you will give rest. We thank you, Father, that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. That's right. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Lord, help us to keep our minds on you at all times. We believe that obedience to your word will result in the fruit of perfect peace. Lord God, we seek your guidance. We seek your help, Holy Spirit, in ordering our priorities according to your will. Guide us and help us to think profitable thoughts as we allow the mind of Christ to have its rightful authority in our lives. We are learning to trust you more because you are our God and our deliverer. We will not engage in anxious thoughts nor allow our hearts to be troubled and afraid. Jesus, our Prince of Peace, has given us peace. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord, that you have ordained peace for us and you have instituted all your work in our lives. So, Lord, during the season of busyness in our lives, we will not worry. Instead, we will make our request known unto you through prayer with thanksgiving. Even as we pray, Lord, we receive your great peace, the peace which passes all understanding. Thank you, Lord, for keeping our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. We love your word, Father. Help us to search your word for answers to our lives. Father, 
you have taught us to love your word. This ushers peace into our souls. Thank you, Father, for peace. Due to the presence of the living word within us, we will not be offended during our busyness. We will approach our responsibilities from the perspective of your word. We will not resort to a carnal mind because we have learned from you that to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Thank you, Lord. You know, saints, we have some busy times that we're experiencing. This is going on, that's going on, students going here, students going there, all kinds of busyness, all kinds of activity, all kinds of things starting up again. And it's easy when you're already tired from being involved in strenuous activity to lapse. But, Lord, we're trusting you for the strength not to lapse, for the strength to continue walking in the Spirit. Father, I remember as I was moving into the dorms my freshman year, there was no elevator. It was the same dorm that my mother had lived in when she went to college. There were three and four flights of stairs, but there was no elevator. And everything that I brought to college had to be brought up those stairs. There were several trips. And, yes, by the time we got to the top of the stairs, we were out of breath and we were sweating because it was hot. But, Lord, even in those times, you can keep us from murmuring, from complaining, from grumbling, and all the other things that we do in the flesh that we ought not to do. We don't have to blame somebody because they forgot to bring something out of the car. We can thank God that we can still go back to the car and retrieve it. Amen? So we thank you, Lord, all of those oopses that occur. Your blood will cover them. Every time we're tempted to lose our temper, to be short-sighted, you're there to help us, to give us strength if we'll look to you for it. So we want to thank you, Lord, that no matter what the situation is, in this season of being busy, maybe busier than we desire to be, you're going to help us. You're going to provide the strength and the grace that we need to forge through in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Father, as we face these challenges, we lift the educators to you, those that are considered to be educators and administrators. Many of them come with thoughts in their own minds and hearts that are contrary to you and to the Holy Scriptures. Many of them have been taught wrongly. Many of them don't know you at all. And they're following a drumbeat that's not yours. So, Father, from the onset, we forgive them all. We release forgiveness according to the scriptures by an act of our will to all. We ask you, Lord, to release your adjudications from the righteous judge concerning them all. Bring them 
to a better understanding of how they are meant to live and to work out their lives before you. Some of them have been taught a little about you. Some of them claim to be Christian but don't live it. Some of them don't know what to do. So we ask you to bless each one with what they need to please you. Thank you, Lord, that though they won't return the Ten Commandments to the schoolhouse wall, you're still there because your children are there. So we thank you for your abiding presence in every institution of learning. We thank you, Lord, for bringing your will to pass. You are able to subdue all things under yourself, and we thank you for doing it. We pray for their safety. We pray for their well-being. We pray that they learn that there's a better way to live than following Satan. We lift up to you all the witches, warlocks, wizards, and sorcerers that are employed there. We place them in your hands and we bind their wicked works in Jesus' name. We bind carnality that is led and motivated by Satan in Jesus' name. And we ask you, Father, to do what the word says you do. Where sin does abound, your grace does much more abound. So we thank you for abounding grace in our institutions, Lord, even in our churches that have lost their way. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. And the Bible says that when we know we praise the will of God, that we should expect you to move. Thank you for keeping your word to us, Father. We love you. Amen. 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 Praise God. You know, we have a very good God. He's very patient and long-suffering with people who are wrong, errant, and out of the way. Amen? And some of these people are just going to have to learn that they're wrong and that they've been wrong the whole time. They may not want to learn it, but God's going to help them to get the point. Amen. So today the Lord wants to talk to us about speak forth the word. Speak forth the word. Now, for those of you who haven't um, haven't figured it out yet, as I preach, I give you scripture. I explain them to you. They're used as examples. And you need to jot them down. Why? For the purpose of your further study and growth. Amen? The Bible says to give attendance to reading. So these scriptures lead you to places that God wants you to read. Reading is fundamental. So it would be a blessing to you to take the scriptures down and in your time, look them up and talk to the Lord, converse with the Lord while you're reading them. 
so that he can open the scriptures up to you and give you greater understanding. Amen? Amen. So today the Lord wants to talk to us about speak forth the word. As we have learned, saints, Jesus Christ confronted Satan and defeated him through the power of his word. Miracle, we would do well to keep this truth alive in our hearts and minds. We would do well to keep this truth alive in our hearts and minds. This is very effective and powerful as a weapon of speaking forth the word of God in faith believing. And this is what enabled the mighty warrior, Jesus Christ, to overcome. Really? Yes. This speaking forth of the word in faith believing enabled Jesus to, one, enter Satan's territory. Now, I know most Christians don't want to do that. They want to run and hide. But that's not what God calls you to do. You don't have armor just because you want something nice to wear. Yes, it's fashionable, but that's that's not its purpose. Amen? Amen. So, this word of God being spoken forth in faith believing enables you to enter Satan's territory. It also enables you, just as it enabled him, to face Satan front, head on. Face front, head on. What does that mean? That means you're not skirting off to the side trying to hide out in the closet. We don't have closet Christians. That's been outlawed, okay? We don't have closet Christians. Amen? I think we understand. Also, it enabled Jesus, our mighty warrior, and it enables us to destroy the enemy's stronghold with the force of the word that came forth from his mouth. There was power in those words. You know, Tony the Tiger gets up and says, great. Well, when Jesus speaks, it's a lot more than Tony the Tiger. And you know, you you just listen to that on Saturday mornings over and over and over and over again. That's why you laughed when I mentioned it, because you can still remember it. Amen. Miracle? We should often practice doing as the mighty warrior example to us. What did he do? He used the word to enter Satan's territory. He used the word to face him head on. He used the word to destroy the enemy's stronghold. That's what he did. That's what we're to do. You have hereby been commissioned to do just that. Praise the Lord. The mighty warrior Jesus confronted Satan and took authority over him by speaking the word. That's right. 
So, saints, do you do this? Yes, that's a quiz question. You have to answer yes or no on your paper. Do you do this? Some of you don't. And that's why I'm preaching this message. Amen. So let's improve by actually doing as our mighty warrior Jesus does. Wherever Jesus came into contact with those who were bound in some way by Satan's powers, he took aggressive action. That means he didn't run away from the situation. He faced it. Some of you, when a challenge comes, you want to run. That's not the way we do it in God's kingdom. We face our challenges with the Lord with us and in us head on. So, question number two. Saints, do you do this? Nobody's going to look at your paper but you and Jesus. Do you do this? When you are faced with Satan's power, do you take aggressive action? Do you? Or do you stand frozen in passivity and fear? That's the next question. Do you stand frozen in passivity and fear? Suddenly, you have a brain freeze and you can't seems to think of one scripture. Has that ever happened to you? Well, saints, repentance and mercy is available, and so is change. And so is change, also known as turning from our wicked ways. Turn, miracle. Turn, turn from all your wicked ways. Without planning to, you find yourself in the middle of an argument. So, do you continue to argue in the flesh? You need to indicate your answer. Do you shut your lips tight and fume in anger? Record your answer. Or do you open your mouth in assurance and release a, it is written, or a, the Bible says? Record your answer. It's wonderful to listen to a message, but when do you actually apply its truth everyday living. The mighty warrior Jesus knew that it was God's will to deliver and set free all who were oppressed, afflicted, and tormented by Satan. As the mighty warrior confronted the power of the enemy, Jesus did not speak his own words. That's right. You don't have to rely on your own uh, 
quick wit or your own uh, observational powers, you don't have to lean on you. God lives in you. That's where your leaning post is. Amen? Amen. Some of us forget that sometimes. We need to remember that. Instead, he spoke the words the Father had instructed him to speak. Instead, he spoke the words his Father had instructed him to speak. Okay, saints, so that means you're going to have to know how to obey a command, how to be told what to say and then say it. Can you do that? Record your answers. Can you do that? All right, if you'll join me in the Gospel of John, Chapter 12. The Gospel of John, Chapter 12. I'm going to verse 49. The Gospel of John, Chapter 12, verse 49. The Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The Gospel of John, chapter 12, beginning with verse 49. Jesus speaking, For I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. So Jesus is telling you right here that he didn't speak what he wanted to say. He says what the Father gave him to say. But the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment. So this is a command that Jesus got from his Father. He gave him a command. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. So when God gives you a command, what you should say and what you should speak, that's what ought to come out of your mouth. Nothing else. Amen? That's called obedience. That's called reverence. That's called humility. Verse 50, for I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Some of us can stand to practice this. Our mouths have gotten us in more trouble than we could get out of. Amen? So some of us could stand to give this extra practice. Amen? Amen. When Jesus spoke the words the Father had given him to speak, he did not waste his efforts in doubting or wondering if what he spoke would come to pass. He didn't have any questions running through his mind if it was going to happen. So, 
I think we need to shift from the position that many of us have been, and you'll say the word, but you aren't sure if God's going to do it or not. That's not the position. That's not the power position. The power position is speaking forth the word in faith believing. That's the power position. Amen? Lord, I believe you're going to prosper me. Okay, then let me come for that little thought that's in the back of your mind. His name is Al Shaddai, the many-breasted one, not El Chifo. You're going to have to um, bind El Chifo and get him cast out of you. And since he's your El Chifo, I'll leave you to cast him out with the word of God. Amen? He is the provider. He is the all-sufficient one. He is not El Chifo. Uh-huh. Okay, we're working on it, Lord. We're coming. The saints are coming. I can hear them coming now. Luke chapter 21, verse 33. And we forgive whoever it is that's still using that bent fork in Jesus' name. Luke 21, 33. Luke chapter 21, verse 33. Amen. Oh, let me back up one. Let me back up one. Before you go to Luke, go to Psalm 119, verse 89. Psalm 119, verse 89. You find Psalm 119. It's smack in the middle of your Bible, and it's the longest psalm in the Bible. Amen. Psalm 119, verse 89. Amen. Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Well, you know, we pray this prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, okay? Well, his word is forever settled in heaven. It's supposed to be forever settled in us. We might want to work on that a little. Luke chapter 21, verse 33, the gospel of Luke, chapter 21, verse 33. Luke, chapter 21, verse 33. Amen. Fingers are turning pages. Luke, chapter 21, verse 33. Heaven and earth shall pass away, God says, but my word shall not pass away. Heaven will pass away. Earth will pass away, but my word shall not pass away. You know, my grandmother used to tell me that you can't break God's word, but you can break yourself on his word. Uh Uh-huh. His word is the same. 
First Peter. First Peter chapter one. First Peter. First Peter chapter one, beginning with verse twenty-three. First Peter chapter one, beginning with verse twenty-three. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. So you can see that we're born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible seed, which is the word of God, which lives and abides forever. For all flesh is as grass. Yes, the stuff that you mow on your front lawn. And all the glory of man is as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. The word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. The gospel is preached unto you via God's word. Amen. For those who who desire, grow in your certainty of God's word, I encourage you to do this. Spend time with the Lord. That's number one. Spend time with the Lord. Number two, ask him to give you a scripture which he desires to use for this purpose. Ask him to give you a scripture which he desires to use for this purpose. So when God gives you the scripture, thank him. Thank him. Write it down. Highlight it in your Bible. Write the date next to it. So you can always go back and reference it. Memorize that one scripture that God gave you. Rehearse it out loud every day. Then watch God perform it. Then watch God perform it. After he does so, place your testimony in the Global Prayer Warriors Prayer Room. I'll give it to you again. For those who desire to grow in your certainty of God's word, I encourage you to do this. Spend time with the Lord. Ask him to give you a scripture which he desires to use for this purpose. So when God gives you the scripture, thank him. Write it down. Highlight it in your Bible. Write the date next to it. Memorize that one scripture 
rehearse it out loud every day. Then watch God perform. After he does, place your testimony in the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room. Jesus, the mighty warrior, already knew that God's word is all-powerful and would come to pass. Amen? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, plural, were framed by the word of God. God spoke. It became so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. Praise the Lord. When God spoke through the prophet Isaiah to the nation of Israel, he said in Isaiah chapter 55, Beginning with verse 10, Isaiah chapter 55, beginning with verse 10. Isaiah chapter 55, beginning with verse Isaiah, I-S-A-I-A-H, chapter 55, beginning with verse 10. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. See, I told you he was a provider. He gives rain, he gives snow to water the earth, and to cause it to come forth that it gives seed to the sower, so we don't need, really need Bill Gates for anything. Mm-hmm. Seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, God is saying, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So he gives you the natural example first in verse 10 so that you can understand the principle that he's explaining in verse 11. He says, just as the rain comes down, And the snow comes down, and it doesn't go back up to heaven not having done anything. When it comes down, it waters the earth, and it makes the earth bring forth and bud. As a result of that, there is seed for the sower, 
and then bread to the eater. It provides where he sent it to provide. He says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. He said his word coming out of his mouth is just like what you read in verse 10. It doesn't come back to him without accomplishing what he sent it to do. But it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. So you can't say you don't understand this scripture. You do. You've seen rain come down, snow come down, and it didn't turn around and go right back. It did what it was sent to do, and as a result, there's seed to be sown and there's bread to be eaten. All right, so we understand that clearly. God wanted his people to forever be certain that the words which he speaks are not dead, nor empty, nor useless words. Saints, have you learned this yet? You may record your answer. God's words are full of life. God's words are powerful. God's words produce the result which he desires. God's words fulfill his purposes. Understand, saints, God's words do not leave his mouth and fail to produce any effect. In other words, God's words do not return to him without having brought forth his intent. They don't just show up to be seen. You've seen people show up just to be seen. Well, God's word doesn't do that. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God's words are productive. They are effective. They are full of life and full of his power. And for you to deny his word means that you deny him. God said, let there be light, and there was light. All right. Genesis chapter 21, verse 1. Genesis chapter 21, verse 1. Genesis chapter 21, And verse 1, Genesis chapter 21 and verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. 
So God keeps his word. Unlike humans, God keeps his word, period. There's no questioning in it. Once it leaves his mouth, it's done. Amen? Exodus chapter 9, verse 35. Exodus chapter 9, verse 35. Exodus chapter 9, verse 35. Amen. Amen, amen. Exodus chapter 9, verse 35. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened. Neither would he let the children of Israel go, as the Lord had spoken by Moses. So God had already told Moses that this is the way it was going to happen. And surely it happened just the way God said. So, Numbers. Numbers. That's not far away. Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23. Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. This is a very important verse, and if you have your highlighter near, I would suggest that you highlight this verse. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. In other words, he doesn't have any slip-up. He has said, and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? So for all of you that God has given a promise to, why doubt him? You're wasting your time. Your doubt is saying, I'm not sure you're telling the truth. What an insult. Amen. All right, let's go back to the New Testament, to the Gospel of John. John chapter 6, the Gospel of John. John chapter 6, verse 63. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 6 and verse 63. Jesus was speaking. It is the spirit that quickeneth or maketh alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. Now, you need to highlight that part so when you decide to hop over in your flesh, you understand that nothing good is getting ready to come out. The flesh profiteth nothing. You need some profiting, then you need to stay out of the flesh. 
words that I speak unto you, Jesus says, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit, far more powerful than flesh, and they are life. Lord, this is fun. The words that the mighty warrior Jesus spoke were given to him from God, and they are alive. Within the words from God is the power sufficient to bring them to pass. The power is released in his words. Moving with these words was eternal life, healing, deliverance, the love of God, peace, and joy. Within these words held the life that God had intentionally purposed for man before the foundation of the world. Luke chapter 4 verse 32. Luke chapter 4, verse 32. Luke chapter 4, verse 32. The Gospel of Luke chapter 4, verse 32. And they were astonished at his doctrine or at his teaching, for his word was with power. His word was with power. Now, some of us are so young that we think that power means when you turn the light switch on. That's not the kind of power that I'm referring to. This power is beyond any power that you have ever known. This power can raise a dead person back to life. This power can create some more worlds. This power can take dust and make a person. This power created everything that you have ever seen, ever heard of, and ever known. And this power, through the blood of Jesus Christ, when you become born again, comes to live in you. So you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The power that said light be and light became lives inside you. And I don't think we really understand that. Sometimes it's hard for our minds to grasp that. But if you sit still with the Holy Spirit, he'll open that up for you. He'll open that up for you. If you come to him with no doubt, you come to him with a clean canvas and say, help me to to get this at my level, he'll open it up for you. That's what he does. Amen. God's powerful word produces exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even
to the power and authority of God's word. Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 3. Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 3. Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 3. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. So if the devil is saying, well, if you're the son of God, you have the ability to give a command and the stone can be made bread. So the devil isn't as dumb as he pretends he is. He's seen the power of God. He's seen the power of God move through God. And he knows it's possible or he wouldn't have tried this stunt. He already knows it's possible. That's why he tried this stunt. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, so much for making it to the grocery store, but by every word of God. All right, let's go to verse 6. Luke chapter 4, verse 6. Luke chapter 4, verse 6. Let's go to verse 6. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me. Okay, who delivered it unto him? Adam. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. Okay. If, here it is, if it sounds too good to be true, it is. If thou wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Now, when you pray this prayer that you've been hearing all your life, you say, for thine is the power and the glory forever. Amen. So who was he telling, all shall be thine? All was already his. What do you mean, all shall be thine? He created everything. So what do you mean, all shall be thine? And Jesus answered and said unto him, get thee behind me, Satan. So he got told off right then and there. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. All right. Let's go to verse 9. Luke chapter 4, verse 9. Luke chapter 4, verse 9. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If, there he goes again, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. Well, there was no need for that. There was no need to do that. He was someplace else already. He didn't tell the devil to move him to any place else. Why bother? What for? You see, the devil comes to challenge you, and there are times when you don't have to do anything but find him and tell him to get out of your face. 
that's not what you do now, is it? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We'll let you make your own notation there. To remember to talk to the Lord about that. If thou be the son of God, if you are a child of God, you know there are people that are getting your face with that. For it is written in verse 10, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answered unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Jesus didn't put up with it, and you shouldn't either. Jesus didn't tolerate it, and you ought not either. Amen? And in verse 13 it says, And when the devil had ended all the temptation that he could muster up for that day, he departed from him for a season. He got up and left. The devil had to leave. He came for his little showdown and got showed out. And that's the way it went. And that's the way it ought to be with you. So we clearly see, saints, that Satan was stopped by the word of God. Now that you see this thing, do you believe it? Record your answer. Record your answer. Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 32. Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 32. Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 32. And they were astonished at his doctrine and his teaching, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue, they were in church. They were in Jewish church. There was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, let us alone. Us, that means there's more than one devil in there. Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? So they clearly knew who Jesus was. They knew he had the power to destroy them. Do you know that thing? You may record your answer. I know thee who thou art. The demon says, I know who you are. It's funny, the demons knew who he was, and some of his saints still don't. I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Did you notice that the demon didn't get confused? 
He's a demon, but he wasn't confused at all about this. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. Shut your mouth and get out. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, of course, he wanted to attract attention, he came out of him and heard him not. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, what a word is this, for with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits, and they come out. He gives them a command, and they do it. All right? We understand that. Very good. I'm glad we do. Jesus, the mighty warrior, was not in fear. He was not passive. He was not at all intimidated. He did not back down from Satan nor the unclean spirit. He did not flinch. No, he confronted the enemy. He told the unclean spirit to pipe down and come out of it. Saints. What do you do when confronted with the enemy? You may record your answer. Do you act like Jesus? Or do you react in the flesh? Like a mighty warrior engaging the enemy in combat, Jesus confronted Satan with the God-powerful words coming forth from his mouth. These God-powered words were lethal weapons hitting their mark and driving Satan out everywhere. Jesus went. He confronted the power of the enemy. He spoke the word and destroyed Satan's stronghold in the lives of people. So you say, Pastor, that's great, but that was Jesus Christ. I'm just me. Okay. Oh, ye of little faith. Let's review the events in this scripture. Join me in 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm going to begin with verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle and were gathered together at Shokah, which belongeth to Judah, and pitched between Shokah and Azkah and Esphodamah. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and pitched by the valley of Elah and set the battle in array against the Philistines. Verse 3, and the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. 
And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. And he had a helmet of brass upon his head and was armed with a coat of mail. And the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had graves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam. And the spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a shield before him. Now, the Holy Spirit goes through a lot of details of explaining how awesome the sight of this giant was. You know, sometimes the size of the situation, so we think, and the immense presentation of the situation causes some people to shudder. Well, not in this, not in this story, not in this account. The Holy Spirit, watch him. He goes through a whole description of this guy and what he was wearing. So there's no way you could get the impression this was just some six-foot-one guy walking around that had been exercising with a few, you know, going to the gym for a while. No, that's not. This was a literal giant. Nine-and-a-half-foot tall. There you go. Nobody called him shorty and survived, okay? He was not little. He was not short. He was not miniature. And I guess he ate enough food to fill a wall. Okay? And then the Holy Spirit tells us about what he's wearing. This is fashion show. He had a helmet of brass. Have you ever picked up anything that's actually real brass? That thing is heavy, even if it's just a paperweight. And he had this on his big head. He had a coat of You can't drag a coat of mail. Okay, let me give you something that you've seen that can come close. Okay, you know we have ships, naval ships in this city, and they have an anchor. If you've ever seen when the ships come in and the news people are down there, they let you see that anchor being moved up and back down. And what's holding on to that anchor is not lightweight. You can't lift that thing. falls on you, you'll either die or you'll wish you had. It's seriously heavy. If you've never seen it, ask God to show it to you one day. You'll get the point. Amen? This man had on some heavy stuff. But at nine feet, I guess he could move around in it. And the Holy Spirit goes through this long explanation telling you about what this man had. He had brass on his legs, brass between his shoulders. His staff 
looked like a weaver's beam. My goodness. His spear's head, just the head of the spear, weighed 600 shekels of iron. And there was some nut out there taking a shield before us. Okay. So this was an awesome sight to see because you know how we are. We would have sold tickets just to go see him. Never mind the Philistines on one side and Israel on the other. No, let's just go look at this. Look at it. Look, look. And we would have been selling tickets for that. There's a helicopter ride going over the top saying, see, you can get an aerial view for $100 more. That's right. He would have been on the 6 o'clock news, the 12 o'clock news, and every other news we could find. So, He's going to stand there and cry out to the armies of Israel and say to them, why are ye come out to set your battle in array? What are you here for anyway? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. So this was a practice in those times. Out of the army, they'll choose one person. Out of the other army, another person. And those two would have a duel. And whoever won the duel won the war. They got to win the war. So this is what they were practicing. And so the loudmouth says, if he be able to fight with me and to kill me as if he were invincible, then we'll Will we be your servant? But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants and serve us. So now if we whoop you, you're going to be our servant. If you whoop us and we know you can't, we'll serve you. That's what he was saying. And the Philistine said, I despise. The armies of Israel this day, give me a man that we might fight together. This boy saw a wolf ticket, and a lot of it. When Saul and Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. They didn't know what to do, and they were scared. Now David, in verse 12, who's His dad's name was Jesse. He had eight sons, and the man went among men for an old man in the days of Saul. Wow. And the three eldest sons of Jesse went and followed Saul to the battle. And the names of his three sons they give you, Elab, Abinadab, and Shammah. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Okay, he'd seen that man moving on. And the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. And Jesse said unto David his son, Take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn, and these ten loaves, and run to the camp of thy brethren, 
and carry these cheeses unto the captain of their thousand, and look how thy brethren fare and take their pledge. He had to feed his children no matter where they were. That's a good dad. Amen? That's a good dad. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley fighting with the Philistines. And David rose up early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper, and took and went, as Jesse had commanded him, and he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shouted for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brethren. And as they talked with them, as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of, excuse me, the Philistines, and spake according to the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him, and they were sore afraid. And the men of Israel said, Have ye seen this man that is come up? Surely to defy Israel is he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. That means tax free. And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine, and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God? Just who does he think he is? He's uncircumcised. He doesn't have any covenant with God. Who does he think he is? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men. And his anger was kindled against David, and he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Well, now, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Because he was as wrong as he could be. You know, just like some Christians, quite judgmental and very wrong. Woo, yes. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? He didn't even bother to say, I brought you some food, did he? Actually, I came to bring you some food, but he didn't go there, now did he? He could have taken that same food and given it to somebody else, but he didn't go there, now did he? Ah, amen. And he turned from him toward another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner. So that means David was quite passive in ignoring his older brother. He didn't bother to be offended. He just said what he had to say and turned and went his way. 
Amen. See, you got to realize that this isn't just a story. This is real life unfolding. And when the words were heard, which David spake, they rehearsed them before Saul. And he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. So David had boldness and courage, we see. He had boldness and courage. He didn't run away. And David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. He did not say, I'm coming with you. Okay? Now Saul's the king. But he did not say, I'm coming with you. I'll be right there. No, he didn't. But who is David depending on? David's depending on the Lord that has already proved to him that his word is true. Your testimony matters, saints. And Saul armed David with his armor. That means Saul no longer has armor because he's given his to David and put an helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. I haven't tested them before. I have not tested this manner of warfare out. I can't use this. This isn't how God works with me. And David took them off. And he took his staff in his hand, and he chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even a script, and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. And everybody else was sitting over there with their mouth hanging on. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. Nut, he's standing right in the middle of fire. But okay, that's what his job was. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. 
And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. Ah, and the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. All right, David's turn. And then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the Lord God of war. I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the Lord God of war, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. I'm not coming to you in David. I'm coming to you in God. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know what that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know. Uh-huh. The assembly, the Philistines and the Israelites shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord, and he will give you into our hands. God is in the whoop you. Get ready, get ready, get ready. That's what he said. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistines. He didn't run away. He ran toward it. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone. That means one. He had five. He took one. And slanged and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon his face to the earth. Now, you've got to see this. If you're coming from a different trajectory, what's that mean? The path that that stone's going to take in the air. They teach you this in geometry, so if you forgot it, that's your fault. He came from another trajectory. He was swinging a sling with a stone in it, and then he released it. It hit the Philistine in his forehead, but he did not fall backwards. He fell forward. He fell flat on his face. That's not how nature works, but that's how supernatural God does work. You see, according to what we call nature, he should have fallen backwards. But not when God does it. 
and he fell upon his face to the earth. The Holy Spirit put it there so you could get the point. So David prevailed over the Philistines with a sling, not five of them, one sling and with a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine. David wasn't that big, but this man was huge. He stood on it and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. David cut the Philistine's head off with the Philistine's own sword. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. Now, really, Pastor? Seriously, go back and reread it. You see, David came with the words God gave him. He came in behalf of his God. And David saw it this way. You're not defying me. You're defying my God. And that's not going to happen because my God is going to deal with you. And he told him in great detail what God was getting ready to do to him. And God did it just that way. As you see clearly, saying, David spoke the words which God had given him to speak to the enemy. And God did exactly what he said. So then, you are now without excuse. You are now without excuse. You are now without any excuse. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. David did it, and so can you. David did it, and so can you. The very same God who empowered David empowers you. David followed God all the way through to a successful completion. Saints, when confronted by the enemy, what will you do? Are the words of God in your mouth? What's in your mouth? Amen? Amen. What's in your mouth? That's a good question. What's in your mouth? It's important to know. Amen? You can't go to war against the enemy in your own words. You have to use God's word. Amen? Amen. So, shall we begin? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders. We cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas agendas against the righteous in Jesus' name. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, 
and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his powers. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking demons, reporters, watchers, peeps, whispers, familiar, electronic, digital, technology demons, and their attacks, leviathan spirits, and their attacks, kundalini brainwashing spirits, and their attacks, water and marine spirits, and their attacks, sex devils, and their attacks, unclean spirits, and their attacks, passive devils, and their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, sorcery devils and their attacks, and seducing, womanizing drone spirits, and whoredom spirits and their attacks. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons, all targeted radio frequency, all pulse weapons and their attacks, microwave attacks, and the work of every druid in Jesus' name. We bind force feedback, cyber stalking, Cyber sex, cyber sex crime, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons, binding all vibrations which are demons, binding electromagnetic attacks, smart technology attacks, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind you. We bind all targeted radio frequencies, pulse weapons and their attacks, microwave attacks, hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks, mystic rituals and their intent. We bind all microwave frequency weapons, 5G and components, everything coming from outer space, all beams being sent to us, everything from the satellite, everything through our cell towers and through our electronic devices in Jesus' name. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices on the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We take authority, dominion, and power over Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Hindu, Rukatera, Indian, African, European, Russian, Chinese, Japanese, Indonesian, Uraka, Malaysian, Uraka, Kurbaki, Runga, De Debrechaladiosa, Islander, Ruka, De Tribal Rituals, Urikisa, Terabreke, Ruka, Worldwide Cabal, Urikisa, every coven of witches, warlocks, wizards, sorcerers, diviners, and pagans in Jesus' name. We bind you all in the name of Jesus. We bind our Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic in Jesus' name. Rako, Urikisa. All islander magic, all your groves, all the demons that attend, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits, trapping them into their shifted form for eternity. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing mind, and hyperactivity. We bind the prince of the power of the air. We return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. 
We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect. We bind all satanic ritual abuse, devils, satanic worship, witchcraft dedications, and all rituals done on the phases of the moon. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, stop, expose, monitor, track, defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of infected persons upon us. We return and lose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the spirit of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind the fool's anger. We bind food, lust, addictions, and gluttony in the name of Jesus. We return to sender according to the covenant. All in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, blood rituals, right in our ruka, to every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, right, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. All hexes returned. All vexes returned in Jesus' name. Astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demons. No wicked person, no unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights, returning to sender all witchcraft attacks through channeling and the satellites against the website. We return all Cameroonian wizardry, black magic, juju, hexes, vexes, and such. All Nigerian witchcraft, all tribal witchcraft, all Chaldean witchcraft, all Spanish witchcraft, and any other form, order, rank, and type of witchcraft. We break and destroy our social, emotional, and psychological ties with food and drink, which are displeasing to Jesus Christ, and we bind superficial religious acts. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, Make-Believe, Fantasy, Fables, Enchantments, La La Land, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressor, the spirit and the children of disobedience. We bind martial arts, yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Jezebelic and Ahab spirits and practices, lewdness, perversion, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, and spirit guides and development by wizards in Jesus' name. We want to thank you, Lord. We bind the king of pride and all of his underlings. We strip from him the death roll. We strip from him his armor. We cut off his head, and we put him into the spiritual cage and send him to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind all human, demonic blood, sexual, financial, animal, food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices. 
We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, idle mind, unfocused mind, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilic, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, Isis, Osiris, On, and all false deities in Jesus' name. Binding Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72 in the name of Jesus. We chain you with eternal chains under darkness and send you into the spiritual cage in the name of Jesus Christ. We undo the work of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins, and dolls. Hot and cold spots, psychic weapons, prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, and signals. And we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the insanity, pride, work of errors, and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. Father, we bind the works of those who work to bring honor to themselves. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads, as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is true. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Yes, we do. Praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we command every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, to transfer to us, to be bound and leave us now in Jesus' name. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings and all who are in authority, and all true Christians everywhere, especially Christians that are being persecuted and or were left behind in Afghanistan or someplace else in Jesus' name. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. Father, in Jesus' name, we cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. We cover our transportation and the road, airway, or waterway in which we travel in Jesus' name. We take authority, dominion, and power over animals and demons of the road and other objects of the road so that they don't cross our path. And we thank you for dispatching angels ahead of us to protect us. Lord, go after that cat that ran in front of my car this morning, please. So thank you much. We, the Ragisa, in Jesus' name, cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over all demons of the night, bad dreams, night dreams, sex dreams, anyone or anything trying to get into our dreams, and we command them to stay away. 
We thank you for warrior angels to protect us as we sleep, whether it be day or night. And we thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. We thank you for the armor of God, the word of God, the power of God, the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for warring linking angels and for linking shields around us in Jesus' name. We thank you for the praising angels, but most of all, we thank you for your very holy presence in the name of Jesus Christ. We pull out in the name of Jesus all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, witchcraft, anything sent to us by the demonic realm, and we return it. 100-fold in Jesus' name, wherever it came from. We destroy silver cords, ley lines, and sever from ourselves ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other form of agreement with the demonic realm. We tear down walls of protection, shields of protection around all witches, warlocks, wizards, Satanists, nanotechnology, glomers, globalists, and shamans in Jesus' name. We break the power of all sorcerers and the like. We break the power of all charms, love spells, vexes, hexes, curses, sorcery, magic, voodoo, destruction, sickness, pain, torment, psychic warfare and psychic power, potions, bewitchment, brain frequency, meditation, all mind control. We break your power in the name of Jesus Christ. We break the power of death spirits. Yes. And, and prayer chains that bring evil in Jesus' name. Incense and candle burning, incantations, chanting, psychic powers, torment, sickness, and pain. We break ungodly blessings, hoodoo crystals, and root work, tribal rituals, and sin. In the name of Jesus, whatever the enemy would use, even other people's strife and jealousy to come against us. We return spirits of hate, bitterness, murder, envy, jealousy, wizardry, sorcery, blindness, bondage, and heaviness in the name of Jesus. They are not ours, and we reject them and, and return them from whenever they came. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us through every warfare that we have encountered. We thank you, Lord, for the breakthroughs that we have received and are yet to receive. We thank you for your holy power at work in our lives, and we give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. No weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper, and every tongue that has risen against us in judgment we bring to a condemnating halt. Amen. We condemn every tongue. Doesn't matter who opened their mouth. We're not receiving it in Jesus' name. Stand for the benediction. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you that those that need to recast the sermon will. We thank you that they listened to Friday night's sermon that was posted. And Pastor, we'll talk to you with much love again on Wednesday. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor loves you, and it's time for you to get busy. 
releasing the word of God. Amen. Oh, I cry. 